Control Alt Delete with Miss Joel. Navigating your way through the social, local, and mobile tech talk on show 977. And it's uh, coming up to 12 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning, Mitch. Hey, Terry. It's so good to hear your voice again. Thanks. Nice to uh, have you back on the program after uh, a nice a long break. Uh, let's. Uh, did you have a nice holiday, by the way? It was a great holiday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like it's like my fault that we don't do this, but it's your fault. Like you yeah. have a good vacation. <laughs> yeah, I, I have. Uh, well, I and I avoid coming back on Monday, so that's what extends our break uh, from each other. But uh, geez, I guess you know when th- when when I think about it, you've been on one kind of long extended holiday, haven't you, Mitch? I think we all have. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it, it looks. I mean. I often say I don't know where we're at in this pandemic, and it's hard to know where we sit geographically. But the good news is there are vaccines on the way. There are therapeutics. And I will say that there was a really great article just this morning in The New York Times about the efficacy of this vaccine and what it means and how we are marketing it wrong because we should really be out in the street. We can't be, but we should in theory be out in the streets cheering because of how great and 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 it's a cure. I mean, they say that yeah. this vaccine really is a cure. So yeah. I recommend that if you're on the fence about this vaccine or worried about it, check out the New York Times today. It's a fascinating article. Yeah, read about it uh, and uh, be informed about it. And uh, let's have, excuse me, our fingers crossed that uh, we uh, get this rollout for the vaccine, uh, you know, really into high gear over the course of the next couple of months. Listen, I I want to uh, I'm going to bypass your first topic because I want to just talk about happy things this morning. So uh, <laughs> um, for now, let's uh, let's start with something that made you and I both smile, um, and that's the Netflix series, uh, the documentary film called "Pretend It's a City" um, with Fran Lebowitz. This this caught your eye too, didn't it? It certainly did because Fran is a name that I knew, and I knew the iconography of her, the look, the vibe, the acerbic wit. But I, I realized that I was not all that familiar with her content. And watching this, I went in with a bit of – I was just kind of holding back. I wasn't sure. Is this going to be for me? Is this from my generation? Is it relevant to me? And watching her speak, watching the way that Martin Scorsese, who both produces it or is the executive producer, director, and a friend of hers and is in it because he is one of the primary people interviewing her. You'll see people like Spike Lee and Alec Baldwin in there as well. Um, It just captivated me. And I found myself ripping through each episode as I think about 30 minutes. And I just found myself ripping through one after the other in that typical Netflix binge fashion way. But what stood out for me wasn't just the content. It was more about me sitting back and wondering, in any other world, would we have ever seen a series at length like this? Where would it appear? Would people watch it? And it really spoke to me about how this digital content delivery system that we have is really affording many of us a whole myriad of content that we just would have never seen before. Yeah, especially especially if you're Martin Scorsese. Because, you know, I mean, after all the time he spent on The Irishman and, you know, the, the amount of time he, he spends making movies, uh, this, this to me, was a, a couple of things. I mean, it was, it was very, very creative. It brings Fran Lebowitz to a wider audience, which I think sh- she deserves. And the, the other thing that I, that I loved about it, too, is um, it is, uh, it's kind of a, it's a love letter to New York City. Wouldn't you agree? 
it really makes you, and again, it's a, it's a, it's a piece of content of the times where you realize how much you miss the things that you yeah. actually think you, you don't miss. A lot yeah. of the things she talks about in there are the things I don't like about New York City. But <laughs> at the same time, it's what makes New York City something. Yeah. Yeah. And just watching the banter between her and Martin, where even if they were going to film in Brooklyn, would seem like you're going to Afghanistan for them. It's like you don't even leave the actual city because that's how much passion they have for New York. And Fran is, is so funny and direct that I think my favorite parts actually were just watching Martin Scorsese react and laugh to her. Yeah, his belly laugh is is a, a prominent feature of this thing. I think, I'm not sure, if have you got all the way through it? I'm not totally at the end, and I'm yeah. super excited because it looks like the last or second to last episode has to do with the library. And as you know, I'm super passionate and involved in our local library here in Westmount, yeah. so I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, Fran Leibowitz is is a uh, like uh, Mitch says she's an iconoclast and she's um, a prominent New York writer who um, it I mean to be to call her a Cervic doesn't begin to describe um, her. She's a a, a writer, a, a fanatic book collector, and uh, to call her plain spoken and Cervic can uh, barely describe how much how much fun it is to listen to her. A lot of a lot of people find her annoying. Uh, because she does a fair amount of complaining, but she does it with such a great sense of humor. I I highly recommend it, and I I agree with you a hundred percent, Mitch. The, these kinds of things are not something that you would have been able to watch on CBS. Yeah, in this format, and yeah. I I would add on yeah. that there was a great piece on NPR's Fresh Air just this past weekend uh, with Terry Gross speaking to her that added a lot of color and dimensions to it. She doesn't have, you know, Fran doesn't have a phone. She doesn't do texting, which is another <laughs> interesting aspect yeah. because you realize how in touch she is with culture and where the world's out at without having to actually be engaged with it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of culture, how COVID made car culture cool again. What's this all about? Well, this was an article that came out in Mashable over the past couple of days and it created an area where I was thinking about things like we had, uh, I think it's called Illumina here in Montreal. Did you go see it, Terry, the drive-through no. with the lighting? Out well, in- I, I've driven past it. If you drive past it at night, it's quite spectacular, even just from the 15. You know, as you drive past it, it's, you know, it, you're kind of drawn to it. Yeah, and I think this was added on as a tag on to Cavalia, which is out there near Laval. And yeah. I, I said, well, we, we drove by it. We'd never gone in. I knew it was a walking sort of lighted experience, and now they turned it into a driving one, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were doing it. In the summer, we had a bit of relief with comedy, movies, and some shows with the drive-in uh, near the Orange Julep. And this article leads to this idea that perhaps because of what happened with COVID, this idea of car culture is cool again. And I was thinking about it from the perspective of we have Tesla stock just raging through. Apple recently announced that they are going to get into the car business. And I started thinking, you know, if we have these self-driving cars and they become true faster and faster and Apple's getting involved in this, Cars won't really be cars. They'll just be another room in your house. This one just happens to take you places. <laughs> yeah, they're, and, they're, they're pods. They're kind of like yeah, pods. They, they just yeah. happen to be like, a, a, I don't know, a living room on wheels is, 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 would be the best way to think about it, or an office on wheels. And if 
the, the sort of convergence of those three things are real, it does change who we are. But at the same time, for people like you and I, it, it does harken back to, I was a bit young for this, but this idea of drive-ins and you did everything in the car and long road trips. And I wondered if we would see a return to that or if this vaccine gets the penetration we think it needs and life can go back to a semblance of normal, will we completely abandon all hope and go back to things like lightspeed rails, Ubers and, and the like? I don't know. What do well, you think? I, I, I've, ne- I've never thought that uh, car culture was going away. I don't think cars are ever going away. I, be, I mean, I, I know, you know, I'll get all kinds of mail now from people calling me a dinosaur. I'm a big fan of public transit. It's got to work well. You know, I was when I lived close to the uh, metro, um, I was on the Metro a fair amount, and, um, you know, I hope the LRT, or as it's called here, the REM, uh, is going to make a difference. But I don't think, you know, they've been trying to get people out of their cars uh, for years and years and years, and I just don't think car cu- culture's ever going away. It's it's proved to be a real boon of safety during the pandemic, and uh, they'll become self-driving, they'll be electric, you know, we'll get rid of, of fossil fuels I don't think cars are going anywhere. I really don't. I, I agree, and I, I don't want to bridge the two topics of friendly bullets and and this, but I can by simply mentioning the two words: bike paths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you know if if you've ever been on a crowded subway car, you'll love what Fran has to say about public transit. Now, yeah. uh, Liz, I I don't I don't want to go down the 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 po- political road. But there's been a lot of discussion about people getting bumped off of Twitter, and uh, that that's a, that is a topic that we can discuss at length on another day. But what was your take on it? I I, I am of two minds. You know, one mind is we need to be able to understand the power that words hold and what they mean, especially when they come from one of the most powerful human beings in the world. I'm also of the mind that these services and platforms are private slash public companies, and there is a very simple phrase that they use down south, which is no shirt, no shoes, no service. They can, they can decide who they want their customers to be as well, and that creates a lot of the energy we're seeing around this, and I think it requires a lot of conversation with things like governments and legal minds to figure out how to navigate a world where a business can decide who they want as their customer. And on the other side, we need platforms by which uh, voices can be heard. All right. What's your app of the week? Well, we're going to tie in the whole car thing with Fran. And we had an app like this a while back, and I really love this one. It's called Slow TV Map. And when you go to it, you will just see a map where you can choose certain areas And you can decide to go on a very casual, relaxing virtual trip. So it is things like people who have filmed car trips, bike trips, boating trips, airline trips. And I don't mean like a little snippet of what they've seen, the actual travel parts. So if a flight is two hours, you will see what this person saw for two hours. If their train ride is six hours, you will see a six-hour train ride. So if you <laughs> want to get away or have something to stare at during the day on another monitor, you can go to slowtvmap.com and take a very relaxing virtual trip in a world where it's very hard to go anywhere physically. Yeah, I just uh, I looked at it. If you've never been to the Amalfi Coast uh, via Positano, um, I've, lucky, I've been lucky enough to do just that. But if you've never been... 
Take a scenic drive with these people at Slow TV Map. Very, very cool.